You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? We are back here for another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Scott Bentley. Happy Friday, July 2nd, 2021. Before we get started here, got to tell everybody that this episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our Locked on Rooms today. Awesome. I'm going to be joining soon. Tell you guys about it all the time. Hopefully, within the next week or two, I'll be uh, I'll be fully loaded on there. We can we can start having some some room stuff, especially as we get closer to the draft season. Ask about prospects and stuff. It'll be super cool. All right, welcome back. This one a uh, little more energetic as yesterday's. Not not recording at you know two a.m. after a doubleheader. A little little more pep in the step today. Um, fun one. Tigers did not play yesterday, obviously. Obviously, the Tigers did not play yesterday, and uh, so we're going to do Prospect Friday. Whole show dedicated to a prospect report. Going to be pretty cool. First segment, we're just going to go over the Futures game, because those rosters were announced. I'm just going to basically go over the prospects that I have an opinion on, and that made the Futures roster. That's really it. Just because I, I love the Futures game. It's one of my favorite baseball events of the year every year. And yeah, there two Tigers made it. We'll get into that. Pretty obvious selections. And yeah, so I, I go through the rest of the roster for all the other teams that, that had participants, obviously, and go through. And I'll just tell you kind of the, the highlights on my eyes and how I feel about dudes on the roster. I think that'll be kind of fun. Then in segment two, we'll get into our regularly scheduled Spencer Torkelson, Riley Green, Dylan Dingler updates. And then in segment three, we'll go into the the lesser knowns, kind of the highlights of the week, the people that aren't, you know, guaranteed top, whatever, top five prospects in the organization that you might not know as much about. So welcome back to Locked on Tigers. I am Scott Bentley. Let's get right into it. The Futures game, one of my favorite events of the year, hands down. I I just love I just love the game of baseball really is what it comes down to but but I love one of the reasons that I love major league baseball so much and I, I have a lot of issues with how it's run I have a lot of issues with Rob Rob Manfred but the way the sport is set up is so beautiful to me tiny ass sandlot baseball fields all around the country and hundreds of affiliates and it, it's just awesome because a more baseball but b the, these tiny future mvps future dudes that are going to be making 400 million dollars a year all start at the humbleness of a tiny tiny beaten up sandlot low single a park that can hold 5,000 people. And I think that's awesome that everyone has to go through the same process. And like I said, mostly I, I really just like it because that means more baseball available and, and more places to go to. You never run out of baseball fields to go to around the country. You never will. Beautiful sport, perfect sport. 
Obviously, obviously, dang it. I love it to death. So the Futures game, super cool event. I'm, as you guys can tell, super into prospects, just super into, to, I, I don't, I sound like a broken record, just super into like everything related with this game. So college baseball, high school baseball, the prep kids, I'm really into the draft. I watch a lot of tape on these kids, especially, even more so, admittedly, more so now than I was when the Tigers were good because we didn't need to pay attention to it as much. And now this is really the, the highlight of the Tigers year, most years. So the the last half decade, at least. So I've definitely ticked up the, the attention on the on the prospect front and and the draft and such and and now I'm super deep into it dudes draft in the third fourth fifth round whatever so the futures game is a super fun game if you're trying to get your feet wet into the future of the game and and into the into the prospect scene the futures game is a great 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 place to start because you'll see all of the top prospects for every organization really all in one game so super cool place to start there. Even people with terrible farm systems, you'll at least get to see their top whatever one or two prospects in the game. Super cool. So some of the highlights, I'm not going to go through every single person in my, my opinion of everybody that made the roster, but just some of the highlighted ones. The Tigers, your Spencer Torgelson and Riley Green both made it. That'll be super cool. Really expected. Didn't expect anybody else to make it, but uh, guarantee slam dunk expected those two to make it so no surprises whatsoever for the rest of the roster and the rest of the total roster not each team they do usa versus world kind of a cool format but i'm not going to break down team what this is just anybody who made the futures game adley rutschman super fun watch i was a catcher growing up as i've said multiple times i have a fascination with catchers and when the number two prospect in all of baseball is a catcher, I'm going to be pretty damn interested. So Adley Rutschman, super cool one. Baltimore Orioles affiliate went 1-1 a couple of years ago. Going to be a stud. Going to be a stud. A, a good defensive catcher that can hit. That's all you really need to say. Really going to be valuable for a really long time. Jake Berger is another one. Third baseman for the Chicago White Sox. My fascination with Jake Berger began in a brisk spring evening in the, well, spring of 2017 when I was finishing my second semester of my freshman year of college up at Central Michigan University and CMU played a doubleheader against this team from Mississippi. It wasn't like Mississippi State or Ole Miss or anything, but some Mississippi school, the down south school that I hadn't re- wasn't really too familiar with at the time. And they had a kid batting third named Jake Berger who came in and looked like a tank. He, he was not super tall, but he's built like an MFer, right? That's, he's just a, a thick boy. <laughs> Goes up there and in this doubleheader, I have the scorecard somewhere in my room because I keep score at every game because I'm a weirdo. I, I sat, there was like seven people in the crowd. L- literally, like me, one of my roommates, I dragged him down there. Then the softball team was there. And then a couple of reporters that wrote for the CMU newspaper. Like that's it. Like that, We were some of the only actual fans there because it was cold as balls. Because it was Mount Pleasant in March. 
And I and it was a doubleheader, back-to-back traditional doubleheader that Berger batted three in both games. CMU actually split somehow. This team was way better than us. And Jake Berger went five for eight on the day, not in one game. And, the, and both games combined went five for eight with three homers and three walks. And I went, what in the hell did I just watch? We pretty much walked him every at-bat. The second game, most of most of those came in the first game. And as you could tell, they scored a lot of runs in the first game because he had a lot of at-bats. Unbelievable. And I was very impressed. I was sitting right behind home plate so I could get a good feel for, for everything that was coming in. Hit the piss out of the ball. And I followed him from that day forward. And he went from kind of a later, you know, early second-round pick to a later first-round pick to a solid middle of the pack, upper middle pack, I believe, I think he was a top 10, I should have looked that up, I apologize, a solid first rounder, I'm I'm pretty sure first half of the first round he went in his draft, then I think he tore his ACL, missed his his whole uh, first professional season, and people kind of forgot about him, he went from this pretty highly regarded prospect, this dude that hits nukes, Built like a tank and and really good hit tool. Not a great defensive third baseman, but makes up for it with the bat tenfold. People kind of forgot about him. And now he's healthy again. He's back, and he's in the future game. I'm super pumped to see him put on display in the national audience his uh, his talents because I've I've liked him for since he was a sophomore junior in college. So I've had my eye on him for a while. Super excited to see him. Bobby Wood Jr. for the Kansas City Royals. For those Tigers fans, that's a a very important watch because this dude is probably the next Tiger killer. This is a guy that, by all approximation, is is an absolute monster at shortstop for the Kansas City Royals. Coming up, he's probably going to be up at the end of this year, if I had to guess. Relatively, maybe even post-trade deadline, the Royals season. I don't know. It'll be he's going to be up really soon, and he's going to be really good. Kids having a, a great few stretches this year. He's going to be really solid. And and as a Tigers fan, obviously that's something. Obviously that's something you want to keep an eye out for, because he is going to be a problem in this division for a very long time. The other one I got to give a shout out to my my Angels fans. I'm I'm have a lot. It's so weird, man. A year and a half ago, I I had no opinion of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, and now a lot of my friends, <laughs> a lot of my close friends, are Angels fans, and I'm I'm very deep into the Angels fan and in, in the Los Angeles Angels community now for some reason. Reed Detmers gets the call, and and that's a really exciting one. That's an organization that is that is consistent starting pitching away from being dominant, and and that offense is very good. They just need the pitching. They've always really just needed the pitching. And Reed Detmers has put together an unbelievable season. His strikeout numbers are phenomenal. Really excited to watch him pitch. Really excited to kind of get some hype, some national hype around him as well because the Lord knows the Angels deserve it. Jason Dominguez gets the call. Super interesting, really got to just be off name alone because he's in. Uh, he's not even really in like organized, organized minor league ball yet. He's in such a low level of the minors. He's not really, hasn't really even gotten super consistent 
It, but everyone's heard about him since he was like 15. Yankees as well. Makes sense. They want to advertise the future of the Yankees. It won't be in the any in pinstripes for another three years at least, but, you know, something fun at a minimum. It, his highlights are unreal. He's built like a running back, runs like a running back, but also hits nukes. Kid looks like he's 29 at, at 17. Just a, a, an absolute freak of nature. So that'll be a super fun one to keep an eye on. Then the Mariners as a whole are really interesting to me. Kellenic, Julio Rodriguez, Emerson Hancock all get the call for the Seattle Mariners. That'll be super fun. Kellenic, obviously, we we saw him come up, really struggle at the major league level, get sent back down. He's now going to be in the Futures game. And then he'll definitely be up later this year. Julio Rodriguez, another fantastic prospect for a top 10 prospect in all of baseball by most sites. The Mariners are going to be a problem going forward. That outfield, Kelnick, Rodriguez, and AL Rookie of the Year winner Kyle Lewis is quite literally their outfield of the future. Got a really bright future there in Seattle. And then Emerson Hancock's a cool pitcher too. Another very highly regarded prospect. So the Mariners as a whole, fun thing to keep an eye out for. And then the last one I want to touch on before we head into break here, Austin Martin. Austin Martin was a guy that was rumored for a, like two seconds, be like, hey, the Tigers might take him over Torkelson. And I don't think anyone actually believed it, but it was enough for, you know, as a community, we were like, hey, you know, don't do that, bro. You know, like, please just reassure me that you're not going to do that. Not to, to any discredit of Martin, great talent, but Torkelson is a, that's a generational bat ceiling. So we, we got our guy. I'm glad we got our guy, but Austin Martin played a lot of positions at Vanderbilt, really good hit for contact tool, really fast. So, like I said, at, at Vandy, he was a solid defender at like six different positions. He's in the Blue Jays system. He didn't go 1-1, and then instead of going 1-2, he fell. To, the Blue Jays got him at, what, 4 or 6? He fell quite a bit. So, super interesting. He gets the call. Will be a fun thing to keep an eye out for. Next, we are going to head in to our regularly scheduled Torkelson, Green, and Dingler update. But first... I got to talk to everybody about Fully Loaded Chew. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut pouches that give you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz you're used to without tobacco. Available in nine flavors. Fully Loaded Chew is made of a good-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine available. If you chew... Tell a story about your experience and why Fully Loaded Chew is the product that may, that you have all been waiting for. Go to their Instagram. Tell your story. Say something anecdotal about a friend or family member using True. They should have transitioned to Fully Loaded Chew. It tastes and feels just like traditional smokeless products, which made it an easy transition away from traditional tobacco smokeless products. It's the only moist nicotine pouch on the market. All other nicotine pouches are dry white pouches, nothing dips, spits, and packs like Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is offering Locked On team listeners a special offer. Right now you can try and for just $1. That's right. Literally, I said it. $1. Go to FullyLoadedChew.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and just pay $1. Free shipping if you use the code LOCKEDON at checkout. 
The next time you dip, make it a fully loaded chew. All right, everybody, we are back here at Locked On Tigers. Go ahead and follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Tigers and follow me at Bentley Scotty. Pretty good about uh, tweeting out of both of them consistently. So give both of those a look, get updates and all that kind of good stuff. Let's get into Prospect Friday, Tigers edition of Prospect Friday. So first off, we have Spencer Torkelson. I promised you every week we'd we'd give a recap of Torque, Grain, and Dingler. And then segment three would be, you know, the, the lesser known prospects within the organization. Okay. So first off, Torkelson now, as a whole in double A, has played 13 games. He has four homers, five walks, 10 strikeouts. Just 13 games. Pretty good. Just off the, the box score numbers. His slash line is 280, 351, 560 for an OPS of 911. Pretty solid, man. Pretty solid. Especially this week, he hit the piss out of the ball. A couple, one of his homers was an absolute nuke. He looks so good, man. He looks so good. And the, and the encouraging thing is he's not only hitting fastballs hard, right? Sometimes you kind of worry development-wise. You have like you have guys that that'll come in and and if it's a fastball, they'll hit it hard, and that's an adjustment that has to be made at every level. But he's only played 13 games in Double A and is already hitting homers on on breaking balls, already hitting very hard hit outs at that. He had a fly ball to the warning track as well. Just a really, really looks so good up there. Looks so good. Looks so comfortable. He didn't look comfortable. At the beginning of this season in West Michigan. Then he started to look comfortable. Then he got promoted. And now he he didn't skip a beat. There was no real massive adjustment period to double A. Which is super, super encouraging for Spencer Torkelson. Next up, Riley Green. I love you, Riley Green. Oh, 46 games, 8 home runs, 8 stolen bases, 26 walks, 57 strikeouts. Slash line of 281, 378, 478 for an 856 OPS. So these numbers are fantastic, right? And he's played a really solid defensive center field by my approximation as well. Really solid season. If you want to get super nitpicky, you'd like the strikeout numbers to be down a little bit. They're not horrible. They're definitely, they're not even bad. But if we're getting super, super nitpicky, he could lower the Ks a little bit. He could raise the walks a little bit, but 378's a damn good OBP. Really, the slugging percentage could be higher. Could hit a little bit more extra base hits, a few more extra base hits. The home run numbers aren't bad, but but you know, doubles du- doubles matter. Doubles matter, baby. So that would be the the one thing like. I hate even saying that because I, I think the kid has the highest ceiling in the entire organization. He's fantastic. But just looking at these numbers at a base level, if we do want to get super nitpicky, the slugging percentage could be a little bit higher, right? Last up, Dylan Dingler. 12 games at AA, one homer, four walks, 11 Ks, 346 on base percentage, 511 slugging for an 857 OPS. This one, 
if he, I mean, if he's slugging over 500, I'm going to be happy every day of the week. Dylan Dingler plays the solid defensive catcher that he's going to play and have a slugging percentage over 500. Um, if he does that at every level, I'm going to cry. I would cry of happiness. Okay. That's beautiful. The OBP could be a little bit better. And the average isn't terrible, right? But like four walks in 12 games isn't, is, is, this is me being super nitpicky as well. Like super nitpicky. I have no problem with any of these performances. These are not criticisms of, oh, these guys are disappointing me and I, I need them to do this to get better. This is me just being extremely, extremely anal about it and and wanting to go through and highlight maybe some of the areas that as they progress further and further in the farm system and then the majors, the areas to keep an eye out for. That's all. The OBP could be a little bit higher. And that comes, like I said, the average isn't terrible, but a little bit higher. Like I said, I'm, I'm never going to be upset if he's slugging over 500, though. That's amazing. Okay. So those are your three. Those are the big three. As a whole, like I said, really solid performances. Not going to be mad at, at any of them. This week, specifically, all three of them homered, which is kind of a cool, cool thing to look at. Cool, I don't know not storyline, but just a cool thing in, in this update. All three of them got to Homer this week. Dingler, uh, last week, we were talking about how Dingler might need to hit a few more extra base hits. He turned around and, and raised the slugging percentage quite a bit. So, again, also remember, for Torkin Dingler, especially at the AA level, small sample size. These dudes haven't even played 15 games yet for the Erie Seawolves. Riley Green's almost at 50. That's fine. We can critique him and, and assume it as full. The other two, their numbers would change a lot with a really good or really bad game. So just something to keep an eye on. Those are your big three. The big let's just call them the big three. Because that's gonna these an update of these three is gonna happen every week. Also, if you haven't seen the Spencer Torgelson home run, do yourself a favor and go watch it, because it is absolutely preposterous. He obliterates the baseball. There's plenty of Twitter accounts out there that, that tweet Tigers minor league stuff. He obliterated the ball. Beautiful swing to, oh, all three. There's really nothing that's less enjoyable for me personally than watching Riley Green swing a baseball bat. It's unreal, man. It's unreal. It's beaut- It's art. Unbelievable. All right, I, I could drool about that all day. Let's get into our, our third segment and talk about kind of the lesser-known prospects. We had a really interesting pitching performance last night that we need to talk about. But first, I got to talk to everybody about Bilt Bar. Everybody knows my fascination with Bilt Bar at this point. Okay, we're, our, we're only two weeks into this gig, and everybody is very aware that I hold Bilt Bar near and dear to my heart. Bilt Bar, nine delicious Flavors, coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. Nine delicious flavors. They also have occasional limited time flavors that they'll just randomly sprinkle in throughout the year. So keep an eye out for those. If you don't know what your favorite flavor is, just get the mixed box. It's two of every flavor. It'll let you try all of them and you can pick out what your favorite flavor is. So next time you order, 
you know exactly which ones to get. And not only are they the best tasting, they're very healthy for you too. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. So order today. Get that mint brownie. Get that cherry. Get that salted caramel. Whatever you like. Get that mixed box. But go order and get on the wave today. Go to BillBard.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BillBard.com. Next, we got to talk to everybody about our friends over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and even all your UFC and MMA action. For the next pitch, head over to BetOnline, your laptop or mobile device, and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs into the playoffs. Full season. Full full playoff mode. NBA Finals coming up. Stanley Cup Finals in full swing. Get in on the action. Head to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code locked on. It's promo code locked on and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everybody, we are here for our third and final segment at Locked On Tigers. We have a really interesting pitching performance to go over to kick off our final segment of maybe the lesser known prospect performances of the past week. Some guys that, that you may, maybe not even in our top 30 organizational prospects that you've never heard of before. And obviously our, our, obviously our regularly scheduled Bryant Packard update as well. Because we all know that this is a pro Bryant Packard podcast here at Locked on Tigers. First up, we have to talk about Adam Wolf. Adam Wolf, left-handed pitcher in West Michigan, started off the season in Lakeland. Okay, and seven games started, had a 3.9 ERA and 11.1 K per nine. Not bad numbers at all. Good strikeout numbers and a sub-4 ERA. Not bad in seven starts, right? Gets promoted in his first two games, has a 3 ERA. The strikeout numbers weren't as good as they were in uh, in Lakeland, but not bad. Okay, he goes out tonight. And is pitching in a seven inning game because they it was a makeup for a rain delay. It was a doubleheader. Okay, seven inning doubleheader. Those rules apply in the minors too. He gets to start and through six innings did not allow a hit. Now, the seventh inning comes along, his final box score, he ends up giving up two earned runs. So the seventh inning was was not as kind to him. He didn't even end up finishing the game. Zach Hess had to come in and, and close the door. I'm very high on Zach Hess, by the way, but struggling a little bit. I still think he's very raw, but I, I'm a big Zach Hess fan. Adam Wolf, though, no hitter through six. Still gave up two earned runs, though. So his ERA now on the season is 295. It was three going into the game. It's 295 now. And uh, he that's a game where he was three outs away from a no-hitter. And his ERA only lowered five one-hundredths of a point. Got to be a little disappointing, but still a, a great performance. Lefty, left-handed starter. 
I not in too many top 30 organizational lists, but you'll you probably will find him in some. Been in the organization for a few years now. Interesting guy to keep an eye on because this season, sub four ERA numbers everywhere he's been. Really solid. Obviously, was great. Obviously, he was great tonight. Something to keep an eye on. Adam Wolf. Cool guy. Cool guy to keep an eye on. Bryant Packard update. Bryant Packard homered tonight, which is why we have a Bryant Packard update. He hit a big boy dong. And that raises his OPS to 742. He's the number 19 prospect in the organization. I think that's wildly underrating him. Admittedly, though, I would like to see him hit a lot better. So far this season, he has not... 742 OPS after the homer tonight, right? I think it was 720-something beforehand. Not fantastic. Not not incredible. Not blow-you-away numbers. Not horrible. Not, oh my gosh, he's overwhelmed. He shouldn't even be in, in West Michigan. But far from promotion-worthy at the same time, right? I still love him. He still needs to find, A, a, a position on the field long-term defensively because I don't know if he really has that yet, which is a problem. It's a, it's a massive bump in the road. I'm not going to straight-up call it a problem. Nick Castellanos is a, is a you know, whatever-year veteran he is now, seven, eight-year MLB veteran. So it's possible. <laughs> and he plays for an American League team. It's possible. But you'd like him to have some sort of position as he came up. The big thing is, even if you don't have a position, you need to hit the hell out of the baseball. And while he did that at all throughout college and in the very low levels of the minors, this year, he's got off to a kind of a slow start. I'm looking for a big Bryant Packard second half, baby. That's what I'm putting. I'm putting all my cookies in the jar. I'm I'm hoping I'm pulling for a big Bryant Packard second half. And hopefully this home run tonight is the start of it. Someone you absolutely need to keep an eye on if you are not already. Bryant Packard. Love the dude to death. You will continue to hear me talk about him over and over and over again because I love him so much. Now, two more people here. First up, Austin Meadows. First up, Parker Meadows. Now, Meadows, baseball family, relation to Austin Meadows, I believe is his younger brother. Here's the thing about Parker Meadows, okay? A lot of people love him. He's got the skills. He's got the the intangibles, whatever you want to call them, yeah? The thing is, he really struggles at the plate. He is probably the fastest person in this entire organization. The dude absolutely flies. And he plays a great defensive center field in help to the fact that he can absolutely... I cannot stress enough how fast this man is. Dude has rockets on his back, okay? Again, the problem is, can't hit. 
It's important with these updates that I just don't surround you with all the, the greatness, all the, all the positives, and, you know, whatever Bryant Packard's doing. Parker Meadows is currently OPSing 456 and is still leading off almost every game for West Michigan. Certainly not ideal. Certainly not how we drew it up. It's not due to a lack of at-bats. He's gotten a, a, a damn near full season of work so far up to this year, up to this date, obviously. Obviously. If he can even, and, and this is so cliche, and everyone's been saying it for the last two years, I don't care. If he can just be an average hitter, he can be a very productive baseball player. But the if next to can't can become an average hitter is growing in size daily. If 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 it's a massive if, someone to keep an eye out for absolutely because if he does put the hit tool together, he's going to be a problem. It's just becoming a a sadly a massive massive if. The last person we're going to talk about, Eric De La Rosa. Okay, really interesting guy. This is a great story. Not in any Tigers top 30 prospects boards. Outfielder. Came into this year in Lakeland. Hit really well. 805 OPS in Lakeland. Okay, in, in about 20 games. Gets called up. People are like, okay, well that's that's definitely a move. Not too many people know about him Kind of interesting to, to give him the fast track, right, after 20 games. Goes up to West Michigan. His OPS is higher now in West Michigan in a solid amount of games, almost three weeks worth of games, than it was in Lakeland. He's an 845 OPS rocking in West Michigan. He had a walk-off the other night. Uh, fantastic. He's hitting the cover off the ball on an absolute heater. Someone that is going to be really fun to keep an eye out for. The kid's got, he's got a good build, decent speed, plays a pretty solid outfield by the games that I've seen at least. I'm sure there are people that have that have watched him and scouted him for much longer that, that can be a little more specific on, on his defensive prowess. But from what I've seen, he seems to be a fine defender. And currently, OPSing damn near 850 in West Michigan after a promotion. Really fun dude to keep an eye out for. Really, uh, yeah. And, and especially if he's got this fast track. I don't know. Like, if he keeps hitting, how much longer do you keep him down? I don't know. Super fun. Super A guy, I always love the stories of dudes that are on no one's radar. And then just come flying through the system and, and make an impact at the major league level. That would be super cool if he turned into that. And so far this year, very encouraging signs. Very, very, very encouraging that's going to do it. Thank you for two weeks of dealing with me as your host. I appreciate all the feedback and everything, all the support that you guys have, have showed me. It really means the world to me. Before we sign off here, i got to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by the Locked On Today podcast. The Milwaukee Bucks stepped up without Giannis to take a 3-2 lead over the Atlanta Hawks. And that's what we're going to talk about. 
fantastic series. Hopefully Giannis and Trey Young can get back healthy because it would be kind of criminal if neither of them played in the series, just kept playing out. But we will certainly see. They'll talk about that and more. So get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you guys so much again for two weeks of dealing with me. Time really is flying, flying, flying by. So thank you guys so much. It means the world to me. Follow the show at Locked On Tigers. Follow me at Bentley Scotty. And we'll be back Monday. Hopefully recapping a pretty solid weekend series. The month of July, I don't mean to alarm people, the month of July is super easy. The Tigers have one of the easiest schedules in baseball for the month of July. We play the Twins like 60 times, the Orioles, the Royals. We start off with the White Sox series, which is not easy. But then after that, man, it's a cakewalk the rest of the year. Got a good chance to maybe be some. We'll be fun. Get all the news and notes of that fun month here. All-star break and and weekend and then at the end of the month, trade rumors and all that. It'll be a heck of a month. Be super fun. Be sure to tune in and check it out at Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Scott Bentley. Thank you guys so much. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you on Monday. Go Tigers, baby.